This is the One Verse Podcast, where we liberate scripture from religion, one verse at a time. Well, hello there, it's Jeremy Myers, and you are listening to the One Verse Podcast. The following episode is an excerpt taken from one of the lessons in my online course, The Gospel Dictionary. In case you aren't aware of it, I have an online discipleship group, and one of the main things I do in this discipleship group is teach online courses. I think there's about 10 courses available now for people in the discipleship group, and one of them, one of these courses, is The Gospel Dictionary. The Gospel Dictionary looks at 52 keywords of the gospel— When it's all said and done, there might be a few additional words as well, and contains, I don't know, so far, about 100 hours of teaching, and I'm only about halfway through. So um, uh, this this podcast episode is an excerpt from one, just one of the lessons in that dictionary course. Now, if you want to take that course, you have to be part of the discipleship group, and you can do that by going to redeeminggod.com slash join. Learn uh, more there and uh, join up there. So I, I look forward to to seeing you there inside the discipleship group and uh, taking this course. Uh, this course will eventually become a book, probably several books, uh, but that's several years away from the time of me recording this. I got to finish the course itself and then edit and process. And so anyway, uh, if, if you're anxious though to read everything and get access to everything, the only way to do that is inside the Discipleship Group, okay? They have PDF downloads, MP3 downloads, and you can uh, interact with me there as well about the content of these lessons. So anyway, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I really, really appreciate it, telling other people about it as well. That's how uh, word spreads about this. If you find the content of these podcasts helpful, Uh, and you're sharing it with others. Thank you so, so much. All right, with all of that in mind, let's get into the content of today's podcast study. Now, this is the exact same truth Paul writes about in his letter to the Galatians. Surprise, surprise. Same author, different church, but they're dealing with the same issues, and we're dealing with the same issues today, so it's important. So turn to Galatians 5. We're going to be looking at verses 19 through 23, and also Galatians 6, 8. Galatians 5, 19 through 23, and 6, 8. Let me just read Galatians 5, 19 through 21 to begin with. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contention, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissension, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I'll skip down to chapter 6, verse 8. For he who sows in his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. 
All right. So to understand these verses, we not only need to understand the words flesh, but also understand this concept of the kingdom of God, which Paul mentions there in verses, uh, well, verse 21, for example, and then how this is related to reaping everlasting life that he does refer to there in verse 8. But in order to understand all that, we sort of need to understand what was going on in Galatia. If you read the entire letter, you see that Galatia was, the church in Galatia was divided over the issue of circumcision. And uh, some argued that circumcision was required by God, and others said, no, it's not. (laughs) It's not required. So Paul is writing to the Galatians to weigh in on the subject, to weigh in on this matter. And as we've seen previously on our discussion of the word flesh, uh, it often refers to the tendency of humans to focus primarily on fleshly material matters for decision-making, especially when it comes to the area of religion. Uh, Religion loves to focus on external behaviors, external actions, as a way of deciding who's in the right with God, who God loves and who God doesn't, right? And the issue of circumcision is a perfect example of, how, of this, of how religious zeal for an external behavior causes some to judge, condemn, and divide from others. In fact, uh, some were even accusing, cursing, and condemning other people to death and even to hell over the issue of circumcision. I, I talk about that more in the Gospel Dictionary entry on accursed, because Paul uses the word accursed. And uh, some of the Corinthian Christians, I'm sorry, Galatian Christians were cursing others over this issue of circumcision. Now, in that Gospel Dictionary entry on accursed, I do point out that uh, the letter of Galatians is one of the places where Paul exhibits some profound theological humor <laughs> and wit. Remember earlier in this entry when we talked about uh, Gal- uh, Genesis 2 and sort of the euphemism there for the word flesh, basar, and how it can refer to the male sex organ. And here in Galatians, since some of the Galatians were giving into their fleshly desire to separate from others over what? Whether or not they had cut their male flesh organ, right? Issue of circumcision. <laughs> Paul is using all of that imagery and just sort of the irony of it. You're going to cut yourself off from others based on whether or not they have cut some of their flesh off of their flesh? (laughs) What is wrong with you, right? So uh, Paul is using that whole imagery in a very humorous and witty way all the way throughout this letter. For example, in one place, Paul writes that if cutting a bit of skin away from one's member makes them more spiritual than others, they should just go the whole way and cut cut the whole thing off. <laughs> just go ahead and emasculate themselves. That's Galatians 5.12, right? This is theological humor at its finest, okay? Is it going to make comedy central? No, uh, but, but there is humor in Scripture. Um, and uh, Paul is basically using a dick joke here, okay, to, to reveal the infertility of fleshly thinking, right? Paul's point is, look, cutting some flesh from the male sex organ does nothing to make someone morally or spiritually superior to others. Neither the flesh nor the cutting of it 
produces the righteousness of God. What does God want? Does he really care about you cutting a piece of skin off of your body? No, that's ridiculous to even think about. And Paul says, if that's the case, cutting a little bit of skin off, well, boy, if that makes you better with God, you better just go ahead and cut the whole thing off. Be really spiritual then. Okay. Paul goes on to say, though, that there is something that the flesh does produce. Did you want to know what the flesh produces? And in verses 19 to 21, Paul lists the fruit of the flesh. He's going to go on to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. We'll be talking about the fruit of the Spirit when we look at the word fruit in the Gospel Dictionary. But here, 19 to 21, is the fruit of the flesh, the offspring of the flesh. And he lists all of these behaviors. And uh, yes, uh, some of them are sexual sins. Okay. Remember, the typical way many people want to define flesh is uh, in reference to sexual sin, sensuality. Oh, that's the flesh. That's sinful nature. And yes, here he lists adultery, fornication, uncleanness, and lewdness. But that's only four items out of this very long list of fruit of the flesh. Most of the behaviors listed here are those that come from a sense of moral or religious superiority over others. Like what? Hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissension, heresy, envy, even murder. Paul's point is that cutting a bit of skin from one's body does nothing to combat these things. In fact, even adds to them. What matters is cutting away the behaviors and attitudes from one's life that are damaging and destructive towards others, right? This is why Paul encourages the Galatians to not be led by their flesh, uh, but by the Spirit. And this will result in character and behaviors like that of Jesus Christ. To put it crassly, okay? <laughs> Let me just put it really crassly here. Here is the bottom line of what Paul is saying in this text. He's saying, look, don't be led by a dick. Instead, be led by the Spirit. Okay, When we're led by these fleshly outward appearances, you know, oh, I'm more holy because I did that and you didn't. You're being a dick. Stop it. Be led by the Spirit. To truly accomplish God's will in our lives, we must follow the example of Jesus and the spirit of the law by practicing love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the fruits of the spirit that Paul goes on to talk about. Okay, And look, those are not outward behaviors, are they? They are inner attitudes of the heart, which you really cannot create a to-do list. Someone could have a long to-do list of all the sorts of behaviors that come from love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, and you could do every item on that list and still not have any of the fruit of the Spirit in your heart, okay? Living the way God wants is not about the outward actions, outward behaviors, okay? Uh, It's about these inner attitudes of the heart. So that's the point Paul makes And it's the point he makes in the concluding remarks of the body of his letter. In Galatians 6, 8, he writes that sowing with the flesh results only in corruption, while sowing with the Spirit leads to everlasting life. All right, this image of sowing seed with the flesh, another euphemism, I probably don't need to point that out to you. 
Uh, now, the flesh is not evil, but Paul's point is that it cannot produce. The offspring of the flesh cannot, will not be the righteous life that God wants and desires. Uh, Christians cannot accomplish what God really desires for us in life by focusing on external and physical religious rituals such as circumcision. Today, we maybe could say baptism, getting wet. It's not going to do anything for you to produce the righteous life that God desires, whether it's a couple drops on the head or getting dunked under the whole thing, or even the words you say. Okay, I talk about this more in the Gospel Dictionary entry on baptism. All right, the focus of the flesh is a spiritless attempt at righteousness. Only life by the Spirit can produce what the Spirit of God wants in our lives. Now, Paul says there at the end of verse 8 about leading to everlasting life, we, we, we don't gain or earn eternal life for ourselves by getting rid of the deeds of the flesh and living life in the Spirit. Again, just like when Paul talked about the kingdom, uh, inheriting the kingdom earlier, that's the same idea here. Everlasting life begins the moment we believe in Jesus for it. And while our full experience of everlasting life will not come until we die and are resurrected with our glorified bodies, we can begin to experience everlasting life now by how we live. And that's what Paul is talking about there in Galatians 6.8. So that's going to do it for today's podcast study. I hope you found this study helpful and beneficial in not only understanding a key word about the gospel related to the gospel in Scripture, uh, but also help bringing you greater and deeper understanding of a particular Bible verse uh, from Scripture. And of course, it's not just about gaining knowledge of the Scripture, but also applying it to our lives so that we can live in light of the gospel with God and with others, and also bringing this light to the world. Just as a reminder, this podcast study was an excerpt from my Gospel Dictionary online course. This course looks at 52 keywords of the gospel and hundreds and hundreds of Bible passages about the, the gospel. And uh, it is available. The only way to take this course is by joining my online discipleship group. You can learn more and join by visiting redeeminggod.com slash join. You not only get access to this online course, the Gospel Dictionary, but all of my other courses as well. We're thousands of dollars. There's hundreds of hours of teaching, and I'm adding more all the time. So anyway, if you would like to learn in this format through audio, uh, you can join there. There's PDF downloads, book downloads, free eBooks, even get access to my private Facebook group. You can contact me by email and so many other benefits as well. Uh, just by joining up, I'm going to send you a free audio book on prayer. So anyway, to learn more and join me there, just go to redeeminggod.com slash join. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode today. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode as well. Thank you so much. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.